Welcome to the Legacy Podcast. The Legacy Podcast exists to cultivate and encourage healthy families by highlighting the necessary, beautiful, and functional role that the local church plays in the family unit. A major emphasis of the Legacy Podcast is to encourage generational discipleship in order for the spiritual health of our churches to long outlive the physical health of our church members. And therefore, we want to leave a legacy of biblical faithfulness. So we've discussed quite a few things up to this point. First, we've laid out the idea of what family ministry ought to be, an overall ministerial posture of the entire church that seeks to cultivate generational discipleship. That was what we laid out early on in episode one. Then we moved into a discussion of the basic foundation for what a church is and what it is that makes that church healthy. We landed at the very simple understanding that a healthy church teaches the word and it loves the people. A healthy church teaches the word and it loves the people. And after that, we moved into the discussion of attempting to define a family, and we tried to pinpoint what it is that makes such a family healthy. And then on our most uh, recent episode, we sought to uncover what the relationship is between healthy families and healthy churches. We said that the relationship is one of codependence. You can't have a healthy church without attracting and keeping healthy families. And you cannot be or become a healthy family if you're not part of a healthy church. From that discussion, I try to highlight the importance of generational discipleship by drawing our attention to some of the multi-generational implications that are found in Deuteronomy 5 and 6. But as we've gone along in this journey, some of you may have been asking some questions as to how does this apply to me? And right now I'm speaking to those people who don't necessarily fit into the definition of a family that I laid out for us in uh, our third episode. In that episode, I laid out a, a basic understanding of the family as the combination of at least one caregiver and at least one dependent living under the same roof. That's how I could basically and very broad and broadly and generally describe or define what a family is. This definition is exclusive, right? It rules some people out. I mean, at the time of uh, when I'm recording this, this applies to my wife and I, right? We do not fit in to the definition of a caregiver and a dependent, even though she sometimes might be uh, my caregiver and I'm pretty dependent on her for a lot of things. All joking aside, though, we don't fit into that, into that definition because we don't have any children. But this also applies to those who have children, but their children are old enough and they're out on their own and they don't live under the same roof. So even a couple who's been married for 30 years but no longer has any children in the house, the definition of the family that we described early on is not going to apply to them because we're certainly still part of our family. Right, this multi-generational family that we have. But if we're trying to think in terms of a family as a nuclear unit, right, as those who live in the same household, then that necessarily excludes a lot of people. And that's fine. 
right? That's, that's not a problem. We just have to have that understanding. We have to then figure out where do the rest of us fit in. In addition to the young marrieds and to uh, those who've been married for 30 years with no kids, we also have the singles and the widows, those who do not fit that definition that we've already brought up. Right, so these are adults who are not married, but they also have no kids living with them in their home. And so these are some of the main groups that may have felt like they've been left out in this discussion so far. They felt like they've been left out in our understanding of what it is that makes up a family. And so the question becomes, what is their role in this aim towards a family ministry? How do they fit in? What is their place? And here is where I truly believe that all of what we've come to talk about begins to overlap in so many ways. Because it's in answering this question of the roles of these people that we begin to see the beauty of the local church shining through. The local church, as we have said in previous episodes, it sets the standard for the individual family to follow. The local church ought to teach the word and love the people. And as a result, through their observation of and immersion into the church culture, the family should begin to teach the word to one another and love one another. That is the ideal. The church is where the family comes to, to learn and understand what it looks like for the word to be taught and for people to be loved. But let's face the facts real quick. None of our families do as much as they wish they did in terms of teaching the word to one another and loving one another. Right? If each family were to examine themselves and really take a look at uh, their family culture, I'm sure that they would likely find places that need to be addressed, places where they are lacking in some of these areas. And in the same way, no church perfectly models the teaching of the word and the loving of the people. And so in all seriousness, in all truthfulness, this is a very flawed and imperfect system. If you look at it from human perspective, right? But this flawed and imperfect system is the way that God has intended for this system to run. So I don't mean to call something that God uh, created imperfect or flawed because God is perfect in all that he does. He knows exactly what he's doing. But he's also aware that he's working with flawed and imperfect people. So that's the aspect of it that makes the system flawed and imperfect. God's good design is perfect. But our execution of what he wants for us is often missing the mark. And even though the system or our um, execution of the way that God has intended it uh, is often lacking, we can't just disregard the system altogether and try to create a new one for ourselves. We have to embrace the imperfections that we bear, and we have to obey the Lord with confidence, knowing that His power is made perfect in our weakness in this, in the local church. So while everything touched by human hands is a flawed system, the way that the local church is to function is a divinely inaugurated system, and therefore we have to pursue biblical faithfulness in our local churches. 
But before we get lost, let's back up and allow me to connect some dots here. There are certain people who do not fit within the parameters that we have defined as a family. And so we ask what their role is. And then I intentionally shifted the discussion towards the idea that the church sets the standard for the family. And here's why I made that shift. Because even if you do not fit into the definition of what I have put forward for the family, if you are in Christ, you're already part of a family. You already belong to a family. Right? You belong to the family of God. And on a much smaller but no less important scale, you belong to the family that is your local church. The people whom you have committed to in a covenant relationship. And so the way in which we define a spiritual family is much more precise than the way we might define an earthly family. But at the same time, it encompasses far more people than an earthly family ever could. A spiritual family is made up of those who are in Christ. That's how you define it. To be in Christ means that you have trusted that his death and resurrection have saved you from your sin and given you new life in him. To be in Christ is to no longer wear your stained garments, but to put on the dazzling white robe of Christ because he has clothed you in himself. To be in Christ is to become a son or a daughter of God, to be held in the hand of the Father, to be one in whom he is well pleased, and to be eternally secure in him. And we could say more about what it means to be in Christ, but to put it simply, it means that we are united with him. We are one with Christ. Where he goes, there we will go. Who he is, uh, that is what we will become like. And so those who are united to Christ are also united to one another as brothers and sisters. They are a family. So back to the question of roles or placement or how do they fit in? How does the understanding of union with Christ influence how we understand people's place in the church? Whether they be single, widowed, married with no kids, or even if they fit neatly into our definition of an earthly family. Well, if they're a part of the church, then their role is fairly simple. You teach the word and you love the people. Every member of the church family should function as a spiritual family member ought to function. And this is why I emphasize that family ministry isn't simply about the families in our churches. Right? If we were to, to merely focus there, then those who don't fit into our definition of family would certainly be left out of our ministry efforts. Right? They wouldn't be in our vision of focus. But since family ministry is an overall ministerial posture of the entire church that seeks to cultivate generational discipleship, then that means that the entire local church is involved and they have a role. The role of every person in the church is to model obedience to the Lord in Scripture. That's our role. We, we model obedience to the Lord in Scripture. It's for every one of us. From your senior pastor all the way down to your children. That's what we're called to. But since every person is very, very, very imperfect... And modeling this, every person also has the role 
of looking to one another for mutual encouragement and admonishment and, and correction. And that's an important thing to consider. Because whenever I say that the church models what the family ought to look like, the natural question that arises is, well, who does the modeling and who does the following? And the answer is yes. We all do the modeling and we all do the following. Why? Because as Christians, we are, we are all broken vessels. We are vessels that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us if we are in Christ. But at the same time, we are still broken. And we are still far from perfection. And in our imperfection and in our weakness, we all ought to be striving to teach the word and love the people in complete dependence upon the Lord. In future episodes, I want to dive a little bit deeper into what those roles might look like in, in some more specific cases. But for now, I think the understanding that we want to have is that our family ministry is a ministry done towards, with, and by the local church family. Right? Our family ministry is a ministry done towards, with, and by the local church family. When I was in college, I was playing on an intramural three-on-three uh, -three basketball team. And there was this one game where I was, I had the ball, I was driving to the hoop, and I got kneed right in the center of uh, my femur on the front of my right leg. And it hurt bad. Like, I, couldn't, I didn't play the rest of the game. Uh, you know, I could, I could barely, you know, walk off the court. It was in so much pain. And... and you know, the pain subsided a little bit overnight. It was still very painful. Like just walking to class was painful. I remember a couple times where I almost just fell down on the sidewalk because my leg buckled because I took a certain step that, you know, just caused so much pain in my leg. And there was a lot of pain associated with this injury. And eventually the pain went away. I, I was sitting in one of my classes and I leaned forward and I put my elbows uh, on my legs just right about in the, the center of my femur there in front of my legs and I felt something shift in my right leg and I was like oh that's not normal and so you know I began to like push on it with my thumbs and I could feel it like pop and move when I would push in certain spots and I can still feel it to this day but what has happened in my leg was where I got kneed there on the leg the the, the impact was so strong that I forget what they what they called it. It might've been like a contusion or, or a bone bruise or something like that. But it, was, it, it just hit my leg so hard that my bone actually th thought that it was broken. And so what happened was the bone started producing uh, some calcium buildup there to fix the broken spot. And it's crazy that our our bodies do that naturally. Like if a bone is broken, the calcium will start to be produced in that spot so that it can heal itself. And so to this day, I have this piece of calcium just sitting uh, in my leg, kind of right underneath the muscle there and right on top of the bone. It's not attached to the bone because it moves. Um, but I say all that. I tell you this story because I don't think it's a coincidence that God used the image of a body to describe what the church is. The body is designed to heal itself. 
Right? If you look at Ephesians chapter 4 uh, in this passage where Paul is explaining that God gave the, the pastors, the teachers, the, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, he gave all of them to equip the saints, the church members, for the work of ministry so that they can love each other and so that they can teach the word to each other. You go later on in, in Ephesians 4 in that same passage, but a few verses later, the intent behind this equipping of the saints is so that the body would build itself up in love. That's what the text says, so that the body would build itself up in love, so that it would heal itself. Right? This is not a healing that is um, separate from the work of Christ because Christ is in all of it. Christ is in us working through the Holy Spirit. But God has so designed the church in such a way that it is designed to heal itself, that it is designed to build itself up in love. And too many churches and too many church members rely too heavily on their pastors and their elders and their deacons to be the ones doing the ministry in the church. And they, and they think that the are the ones responsible for the health of the church. And in, in some degree, that's true, right? You can't, you can't have a healthy church if you don't have healthy leadership. But you could have the most spiritually healthy leaders in the world, but if the church members, if the saints never get on board with that, then the church is not going to become healthy. And so I say all this to point out the idea that no one is left out in this. Right? Our, our ministry, our, our family ministry, is not some separate category of what the church does. No, our family ministry is the ministry of the church because the church is a family. It's a family that's intended to be able to minister to one another. And yes, there's outreach and there's evangelism involved, but the, the church community is a community of believers that is designed to love each other and teach the word to each other. It's a picture of what heaven is going to look like. We're going to be spending eternity with each other, worshiping Christ, and that's what the church is supposed to look like here and now. And so even if you don't fit into the definition of, you know, we have... Uh, one caregiver and at least one dependent living under the same roof, even if you don't fit into that definition, if you are in Christ, you are a part of the family of God, and therefore you have a very important role. You have the role and, and the, the task of loving your fellow spiritual family members, your fellow church members. You have the task of teaching the word to them. And this doesn't mean that you have to teach Sunday school or Bible study. But it means that in your everyday conversations and your deep relationships that you develop with these people, you need to be able to speak the truth of Scripture into their lives. Because life is hard and you're going to encounter people who have a lot of difficulties and, th and, and go through a lot of struggles. And if you can't speak the truth of God's word into their lives, then you are not, you're neither teaching the word to them, obviously, but you're not loving them either because the most loving thing that we can do for someone is to speak the truth of God into their lives in love. And so don't feel like you're left out and definitely don't feel like you have an excuse not to care about family ministry because 
what family ministry ought to be is an overall ministerial posture of the entire church that seeks to cultivate generational discipleship. Right? We're going to talk more in the future about what it looks like um, to do and to practice generational discipleship. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Austin Reagan, and this is The Legacy Podcast.